0: That song, Hey Soul Sister, by Train, does it haunt you? Does it keep you up at night? I'm talking to a Soul Sister today whose work, while very different than having that song stuck in your head, is just as scary. We're talking to founding member of Soul Sisters Paranormal, Christy Sumner, about her investigations, haunted houses... Abandoned lunatic asylums, encountering the spirits. It's all here. Welcome to Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. I am so excited for you to hear this interview, and I'm a complete idiot. Now, what do those things have to do with each other? First of all, Christy Sumner, amazing guest. Soul Sisters Paranormal is doing awesome things, was really excited to talk to her, and I'm very happy with the way the interview went. I had a great time. I learned a lot about investigating the paranormal, and she answered some questions I had. Uh, honestly, I, I, I thought it was going to be tougher on her. I told her before the interview started, Christy, I'm a skeptical guy. I might hit you with some hard-hitting questions. However... Uh, I didn't really even do that. Uh, She gave me, she came from a framework that forced me to go, huh, yeah, you're investigating the unexplainable. I don't know what, she's never claiming something is a paranormal phenomena. She's saying, we cannot explain what this is. And that in itself is worth exploring. So I love what she's doing and her team of soul sisters, paranormal researchers. You're going to hear a lot of great stuff. And I'm an idiot because I didn't set up the mic correctly. So while Christy sounds great, I, you, know, you know how people always, when you, when you hear a noise, they always say, it's the ghost. Well, I think in this case, it's true some spirit, i.e. the spirit of Greg's ignorant mind, forced him not to check his own sound quality before this recording. So I do apologize. My audio isn't great. Christy sounds fantastic. I'm going to keep this interview because it's part of the learning curve. And she really gives some great answers. So that being said, Let's dive into this. This is Christy Sumner with Soul Sisters Paranormal talking about investigating ghosts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live with Christy Sumner, the founder of Soul Sisters. Paranormal. That's right, www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Good morning, Christy. Good
1: you so much morning. for being on here. Thank you, Greg. Good morning to you as well, and thank you for having me. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, before we begin, really dive into this, I'm curious about the whole formation of Soul Sisters Paranormal. I've heard you talk before
1: mm-hmm.
0: about how you were watching their paranormal researchers mm-hmm. and you saw what they were doing, you were watching some of the shows, you were seeing what was out there and you thought that there was something that you could possibly do differently or add on to that would make these things a little, uh, a little more fulfilling at least from the angle and philosophy that you wanna go in with researching the paranormal. Can you speak to that a little bit and sort of tell me about how that philosophy formed full sisters' paranormal?
1: Sure, absolutely. So you're correct. We we come from a very scientific and research-minded background. Um, Everybody on the team, there's five female members on the team. It's Hmm. myself, my twin sister, my younger sister, and then two family friends. And uh, we all have advanced degrees. So we all have been immersed in research and academia and scientific formulas, if you will. And so when we would watch, my sisters and I, when we would watch these paranormal shows, um, you would see that, and I understand that paranormal shows are there for sensationalism. You know, there has to be an audience base and sponsorship and all of that. And so you have to have this neat little package wrapped up in an hour. Um, But we would say to ourselves, you know, when they went to these locations, I, I wish they would have probed more here or I wish we could have mm. seen some follow-up here and you just don't really get that in a one-hour paranormal show on on standard television so what we wanted to do is really showcase what an actual paranormal investigation to us anyway looks like and that is you know a long process a very meticulous process you go through a research period and then you go through the investigation period and that investigation period can last anywhere from to 10 to 24 hours and then there's wow. the then there's the goal Going through the evidence process where you sit and listen to every piece of audio and you watch every piece of, of video footage that you captured and you try to find evidence of something that's unexplainable. And so we really kind of wanted to showcase that a little bit more with our videos um, to give, give our audience a little bit um, a grander scale of what we actually do and what those in the paranormal community really do a- aside from a television show. So that's kind of where I, our mindset was when we started this.
0: Who are the sisters? let's get into it I want to know who are you tell me the buildup of all the sisters
1: okay well the build up is um, my name is, again is Christy Sumner I have a PhD in public administration with an emphasis on criminal justice my cool. twin sister has a PhD my younger sister has a JD uh, Cara has a JD and uh, Kim has a master's degree and so again my sisters and I we've always had a fascination with the paranormal um, uh-huh. and, and and like I said we, we would say you know why can't why don't they do this why don't they do that so when we had the opportunity to go to a location, we decided to take obviously full advantage of it. And and then again, we found such compelling evidence there that we wanted to formalize Soul Sisters Paranormal. Um, So in our professional worlds, like I said, we, we do have that research focus, that research mind, that more of a I guess academic spin on it, um, as yeah. well as our criminal justice degrees, we we really kind of want to look at it like an investigation, a true investigation, and um, <clears throat> so that's really kind of how we formulated this to go in with that investigative mindset. And and listen, if if we can go in and find environmental factors that would contribute to people believing that something is haunted or that there's paranormal activity, we're absolutely going to showcase that and say, hey, you-, you know, we we believe that this isn't this isn't what you think it's not paranormal in our minds. We can explain this. And and, for example, we got asked to go into a a business location one time and they were convinced that they had a spirit because their night vision video cameras would go off and there was no movement. They would go off during the night. And and so routinely these, these, these video cameras were going off. They had just opened the business. And so we went in, we did an investigation and we left our night vision video cameras to run overnight. So we did our investigation. We did some EV, what we call EVP sessions and we weren't finding or feeling or getting anything on any of our equipment. So we left our stationary night vision video cameras to run through the night. And so he would, then he told me the next day, he told me, this is when our cameras went off this, 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 and this. So I went back and looked at our cameras and what I was finding was At the times he said the cameras were going off, the the business was on a corner. And so when the the car would turn left, the headlights would hit this mirror that was on the side of the wall and it would effectively blind the night vision camera. So it would turn it from night vision back to day vision for a second, and then back to night vision. So it it looked like the camera was coming on. And I said, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that you don't have anything paranormal because that's up for you to decide. But my scientific background is telling me that the times you're telling me that these cameras are going off, the headlights are hitting this mirror. So my suggestion is to either move the mirror or move the camera. And they actually did mm-hmm. that. And, and that's what, um, you know, it kind of stopped the, the, the paranormal activity, if you will. So if we can go in and find those environmental factors, then that's what we're going to showcase, like I said. But you know, for us, we've we've gone to some of these places and absent any environmental factors, I have to say that this is unexplained to me. I can't explain it. There's there's these were the conditions, these were the the members of my team that were present, and I can't explain what happened in this moment.
0: Well, you know, I think it's very this is very interesting. And I somebody that I mean (laughs) I have a background in magic i.e oh. performing card tricks for children um and people that'll pay me That's just that they just like it's not my choice they're like go entertain the kids over there wait wait we've got adult things to talk about um but one of the things that that turned into was and, and i've always had a lifelong fascination with ghosts um and and psychic phenomenon and you know one of the things that happens when you a magician and you have an interest in that is you start, there's like a, they call it the skeptic Mm -hmm. community, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. I mean, and I guess the thing that intrigues me about your group is the idea that you're, you're a group of women with PhDs. Mm -hmm. And I think some people immediately, if you're a scientist, and I've met these people, people that are scientists. That immediately you say psychic or ghost, and they completely dismiss you. Mm-hmm. Um. So how did you guys slip through the cracks? What's going on? <laughs> like when you were when you were in school. Do you secretly think about ghosts and you didn't want to bring it up with people? Like, give me the early shades of scientist meets paranormal.
1: <laughs> well, Where let me tell you, I, you know, this this group of women, the five of us, we are very strong women. So there wasn't very much hiding our opinion from anybody. You mm. know, if anybody asks, we'll tell you. Um, you know, we all come, like I said, from very strong backgrounds. Um, you know, we're very confident in our opinions and 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 our, our drive to get to answers. So, wow. yes. you know, and, and you, you really can't you can 't go through this experience and have a hard skin i mean have a soft skin you really have to be hard about it and you know for me, what I like to say is i 'm not trying to convince anybody. If you have your beliefs it's like me trying to convince you that my religion is correct i'm not going right, to do that right. so i'm not trying to convince you that the places that i'm going to are haunted what i'm doing is i'm putting forth a, a historical narrative of the location and then I'm telling you that when we went there we set up these the, this equipment that in a very precise, precise way and there are things that happen that I cannot explain so for example <clears throat> when i'm at the exchange hotel in Gordonsville Virginia and I know that on this 20 acre property, there are absolutely no men on the property and there's absolutely no children on the property. And my voice recorder, a standard Sony voice recorder picks up Mm. a male voice or a child's voice in response to something that I am saying. I cannot explain that. Yeah. And so, if you want to listen and watch our videos and come in with a skeptical mind, that is absolutely fine, and we welcome that. Um, but uh, you know, going going back into our history, like I said, we've 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 always had a strong mind of a strong opinion on this, and it it it's everybody has an idea of what the afterlife is gonna be. There's, there's got to be something after this and everybody has an mm. opinion on that. Um, I think if you don't, if you just think you, you end when you die, I think that's a very scary place to be, but you know, yeah. everybody, yes. but, but, the problem with this is we're not gonna find the answers out until we die. And so I can't tell you that I am an expert in paranormal activity or, or, or ghost hunting, if you will, because there are no experts. None of us have the correct answer. But is that really true. I'm,
0: think? Do you think there's is there anybody out there? I mean, are there people claiming that they are experts that you're like? How do you know that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. There, there are people out there that say I'm a paranormal expert and you'll never hear me say I'm a paranormal expert. Mm. I may say that I have more experience than somebody that started last week. You know, I have a different um, frame of reference than somebody that started last week because I've been in some of the most reportedly haunted places in the country. And, you know, I've seen things, you know, I've had doors slammed in my face and I've had footsteps run at me through the dark. So my frame of reference is a little bit different. Um, but there there are no experts. We can never truly explain what happens um when we die. Uh, do I have theories on it? Absolutely. Everybody has yeah. theories on it, but you can't claim to be an expert in this because in my mind, there are no experts. You know, um, so
0: Christy, that- uh, you, you mentioned something there about the mm-hmm. footsteps. Mm-hmm. I watched one of your the best videos that I watched on your Facebook group. Check it out, the Soul Sisters. Facebook, Soul Sisters Paranormal. Uh, on Facebook, you you have a video where you go through the top 10 mm-hmm. experiences that mm-hmm. you at least constituted verifiable, uh, compelling evidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So here's my question. Yes. That's what we are seeing.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: aren't we seeing that you've captured that has been, un- because I think that's, what's it, it, that's what I saw. I was like, this is just <laughs> what they're getting on footage.
1: Has right. she?
0: Have they experienced? Have these ladies actually seen apparitions? I mean, I have a friend that told me that uh, his family once saw a man walking through their house mm-hmm. that was clearly a ghost, or a, uh, you know, I I don't know the exact. I know there's a difference between like specters, ghosts, apparitions, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, what is what is something that you haven't necessarily captured that you would say to you is just absolutely bonkers, unexplainable. Do you have any of those stories?
1: Well, we were at uh, the uh, the old Gilchrist County Jail in Trenton, Florida, which is about 45 minutes uh, west of Gainesville, Florida, and it was actually my, there were just two investigators that night, and it was myself and Miranda Young from Ghostbiker Explorations. She and I had collaborated on this, and we wanted us to females to be the only people in this location. So this this jail, it was built in 1928. It's a small jail. It has It's just two stories, but it only has eight cells. So there's four cells on the bottom and four cells on the top. Mm-hmm. And then it has a very small, um, what, what used to be a jailer's cottage. So just a two-bedroom little living room thing. So it's a very small footprint with regard to a haunted location. But the the location itself is kind of not in the greatest of areas. So when we went there, the owner actually said, um, do y'all carry, do you have a concealed weapon? And we're like, yes, we do. And she said, I highly recommend you keep this with you at all times during the night. Wow. So that's that's the area that we're in, right? Okay. So when we first went into this location, we were feeling, I mean, it was I don't want to say demonic, but it was what I would consider a darker, a heavy energy. And so just by the nature of, of what the building was. So when we first went in there, we, we do what we call a, a day tour. We do a day sweep just to, to kind of get our bearings and figure out where we're going to leave our stuff. So we just had a camera going at that point and a voice recorder. And um, we were walking through and behind us, we had made a turn and behind us, a male voice said, hey, come back. We we're the only two wow. people in the in the building. And so that was kind of interesting. And then we started seeing shadow figures like dart between the cells. The the hallway is very narrow. So we would say shadow figure dart. And that obviously is if you don't have a camera going, it's it's hard to say to tell somebody, yeah, I saw this. It's kind of like yeah. it's like kind of saying, Hey, I felt cold. You 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 can't you can't translate that over a video. You can just say it and hope people believe you. But we also, but what was interesting that night is we have a camera called an SLS camera and basically, in just general terms, it's a camera connected to an iPad, and the idea, is, it has an algorithm built in, so the idea is when you sweep it across the room, if, if the camera perceives there's any human-like form in the room, it will, it will put that as a stick figure on the screen, so we went to the place where we were seeing these shadow figures dart back and forth, and again, there's nobody in the room, and we did a sweep of the room with this camera, and there were two stick figures Standing in this room, um, wow. So, so that to me is a little bit of evidence that okay, we we we're validating kind of what we're seeing here, and. Another thing that we like to do when we go to these locations is we, we really like to get multiple pieces of equipment to what well, I guess in a, in a general term alarm or to give us validation that something's going on that we can't explain. So if I go mm. into a location and I have, you know, one what we call a K2 meter or electronic meter going off. I can say, okay, this is this is kind of cool, but if I've got this meter going off along with this camera, along with an EVP, along with a shadow yeah. figure that I've caught on camera, you know, to me it just really builds our case that something unexplainable was going on here. Yeah. So I would say the shadow figures to answer your question in a very long-winded way, um, the shadow figures at uh, Old Gilcrest County Jail that we saw was very compelling, um, and then again. You know, those, those feelings of, of either being touched or the cold feelings, mm. those things that we can't translate over a video, um, we have that pretty much every place that we go. What about kind of any,
0: any time before you became official uh, a paranormal researcher, I mean, do you have any experience from... Childhood that you're like, whoa, I'm gonna dedicate my life to exploring this. <laughs> well, <laughs> like,
1: there, there really wasn't that much of a catalyst. We've always had things that were interesting. Um, my family moved into a new house. Uh, we actually built the house on this property. Um, it was in 1995 and we had built this new house. And on the house, there was a small little cottage that was built in 1926. And the woman um, owned the entire property, but she just lived in this little cottage. And we maintained the cottage after we we built the house. Um, and so the rumors were that the woman had, actually it was fact, the woman died in the house. She had no children, you know, she, she, she willed this and, uh, to a charity that we ended up buying the property from. Mm. So the, we knew that the woman had died on the property. And so when we built the house, obviously nobody's died in it because we just built it, but we have right. a piano in the parlor. And my dad, um, you know, was just kind of, he's not a pianist by any means, but he was just tinkering around on the, he can play a few songs. And one of the songs he can play is Amazing Grace. So we started playing Amazing Grace and the parlor immediately filled up with a fog and and this very very floral scent but it didn't it didn't go outside of the doors of the room it 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 stopped at the threshold so it didn't come out into the hallway which is kind of interesting and when he stopped it immediately went away and to this day anytime he plays amazing grace you'll either get that floral scent or you'll start to see this fog just kind of come over the room. Um, so that, that's very interesting. So things like that, um, mm. you know, we've experienced in our lifetime, um, you know, uh, just, just kind of little instances um, where we say, okay, this, this could actually be something. Um, but uh, when we really formalized the group, when we got started really getting compelling evidence on our audio and video equipment, um, that's when we said, you know, let's go ahead and, and formalize Soul Sisters and, and kind of go across the country and see what we can find. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: very cool what you're doing. I, I'm curious about, I heard you mention in an interview that when you tell people you are a paranormal researcher, <laughs> they, they look at you like, it, I, I think you said, like you have two heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, what are, I want a story about this. What is one of the craziest reactions you've had to telling someone you look at the paranormal in this legitimate fashion?
1: uh well it's either yeah so they either tell you they look at you like you have two heads or they want to tell you your your ghost story right Um, right so so it's usually no in between there um really honestly the the look like you have two heads stare really started with my family um Uh so you know well you know my mom and dad and and my aunts and uncles and stuff they knew that we were going to, this was in 2014, they knew we were going to Moundsville and, and all of that. And, you know, we came back and we told them our experiences and they're like, uh, you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> right, um, right. and, and so, especially with my extended family, like my aunts and uncles and stuff, those that you only see at like family reunions once a year, yes. um, they're like, okay, you know, I'm not really into that. I don't believe that. Um, you know, my background's very spiritual Da da dah. And, uh, so, but once they started watching our videos and really seeing you know kind of and and knowing that we're not going to falsify anything um just knowing our personalities they're like okay this this could be something and so now you know six years later seven years later they're our biggest fans our biggest advocates uh you know I, i i always show them the video before i release it and to get feedback and all of that and and my family has absolutely become our biggest fan group um and and it was it was a very cool transition from you know that first video or that first experience and just kind of telling them to saying oh okay you know whatever glad y'all had a great girls weekend but you know yeah. this isn't really gonna go anywhere to now I you know I get asked every couple weeks when's the next video where are y'all going next where are you headed right. next? can't wait to see it so um, I think that's the coolest uh, example that I can give you um, most of the time when we tell people that that we're paranormal investigators and what we do A lot of people become fascinated with it, Um, you know, kind of after we tell them, you know, where we've been and what we've gone through and what we've seen. And uh, it really is, well, you know, I saw my grandpa or, you know, I think my grandma came to me or my Mm. uncle and all of that. So they really do want, they feel that they have a safe zone, if you will, to tell that story where most others would be skeptical or or cynical of, of that.
0: Yeah. How would you define the paranormal?
1: Um, for me, I would say it's it's the unexplained, the unexplained phenomena that we just we don't know what's next. Again, um, those things that are trying to translate their story to us, yeah. um, and that's the mindset that we go into. If, if you watch any of our videos, the very first question that we typically ask is, or, or the very first statement is, "We're here to tell your story," and that is legitimate. That is what we want to do. And mm. so, for me, it's it's those entities and this is just me personally my definition it's those entities or spirits that that want to communicate with us to get their story told um because you know i feel like in life you know, one of our main tenets of life is we want to be recognized, you know, we want to have people acknowledge us. And, you know, nobody wants to go through life alone. And I think the same thing applies to the, the spirit world. Uh, you know, they want to be recognized, they want to be acknowledged. And if you go in with the right frame of mind and the right um, uh, intentions, if you will, I think you'll get a response. And, and we've been very fortunate that that's what has happened for us. Yeah,
0: I, I. you know, <laughs> this might be a weird question, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'm very curious sort of about the way spirits traditionally manifest mm-hmm. and where you think that comes from. Because, it, and, and especially, it, I mean, look, what you're doing is never going to be the same as the way they present themselves in pop culture. Absolutely. So in pop culture, you get like... I mean, what I, if you were to say ghost right now, automatically you think,
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. Then, You're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, your videos, though. But here's what's interesting. Your videos, you do have, like... I mean, you have that little girl that said, this is my bed. You mm-hmm. do have, like, you know, y- your story about, like, um, come back. Come
1: here. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what is what is that whisper thing? Why, what is, (laughs) like, why is it whispering? Why is it creepy? Why, what is haunting exactly? Like, why is it never like, Hey, Christy, I'm over here. Let you, let's talk. You want to tell my story? Like, let's, let's get, grab a doobie. Let's go. Like, what what is that exactly?
1: Well, you know, for me, it, it, it we do have some of those experiences. I mean, we have had entities that say full phrases. Um, you know, when we went to the Hales Bar Dam, my name was very loudly called, um, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting, through one of these large underground tunnels. Um, and that's really the first time my name has ever been called in, in one of these investigations. So me, to me, that was very extremely compelling. Um, you know, for me anyway, we are made up of energy. And so I, I believe that when we pass, that energy has to go somewhere. Um, you know, I will say that I'm a Christian. So I believe that that most of us are going to ascend, you know, or go to that next hmm. level, that next realm, whatever you want to call it, heaven or whatever. Um, but I do think that th- that there are instances where a, a spirit or that energy remains for some reason behind a very thin veil that we are for some reason allowed to see um, or communicate with that entity. So uh, I believe that it's either that they do have what the media would call unfinished business, that there is something that they're trying to convey. And once that is conveyed, they can move on. Um, I do believe that there are some spirits that just don't know that they're have that they deceased, that they're still looking for a way to ascend. Um, mm. And then I believe there are those that that for some reason are very comfortable with where they were, um, and, and they're willing to stay there because that they're afraid of what happens next. So for example, on a couple of these, um, when we went to Moundsville State Penitentiary there in West Virginia, um, the we, we've, we've gone twice. And there is a, a cell that was inhabited by, a you know, a really rough guy. His name was Red Snyder. Um, and he was the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood. He, oh. Anybody that he wanted dead in the prison that he made that happen, you know, very bad guy. Um, and, and I think that he was so comfortable there and he's so afraid of what's going to happen next that he stays there. And we've been able to make, contact with him I, I feel um, on the on the times that we've been there and I, I do think it's because we've actually listened and want to legitimately tell his story because you know when he was alive two of the things that he really loved was days of our lives and smoking so they would wheel a TV in front of his cell every day he'd get to watch days of our lives and they'd wheel it back Wow so when so when we went we, we take the what we call trigger trigger items, When we went, I actually downloaded an episode of Days of Our Lives on my laptop and I left it run in his cell and it was running on battery. And so the the episode ran. And to me, that was my acknowledgement to him that I know what you like. I'm giving this to you in hopes that you will communicate with me. And so after we went back in, the battery had died. There was nothing electric running in the cell anymore. Um, We said, did you leave? Did you see the things that we left you? And we get an immediate yes. And then we had a very cool, what I call a K2 session. We had some interesting dialogue going back and forth um, with our, our K2 meters. And again, there's no electricity. So these meters should theoretically not be going off at all. And they were going off on command. And so after that session, I said, thank you. And behind us, a male voice says, no, thank you. And I think that was recognition and I, of, of what we had done for him and how we really tried to communicate with him. But I think, so back to the original question, I think yeah. he's staying there because he's comfortable in that area and he's afraid of what is going to happen next. When we went to Hales Bar Dam, one of my investigators, Michelle, said, why are you here? Why haven't you moved on? And we got a child's voice saying, I can't, I'm stuck. And so for me, that is kind of a compelling answer saying he, yeah. he can't find his way. He's, he's stuck there. Um, maybe he wants to go, but he's, he can't move on and he's stuck. And then the third one is they're waiting. There's some unfinished business. Um, and for my example on that one, <clears throat> this happened a few years ago, Um, I had a very vivid dream that my granddaddy, who died in 1986, he came to me in this dream, and it was a very specific place in in the house that he and my grandmother had, and Uh so he came to me in this dream, and I said, you know, granddaddy, what do you want, and he's like, I'm waiting for your nana, my grandma, I'm waiting for your nana, you're going to be getting a call soon, and then he walked through the wall, and that was gone, and so about two weeks later, we did get a call that my nana had fallen, she had completely Fractured and broken her hip. Wow. Um, they went in, they did surgery, um, and she didn't. She never really recovered from that. She ended up getting MRSA. So she was in the hospice for pro- uh, probably about four weeks. Um, huh. So she was in hospice. <clears throat> so the day she passed, and with permission from my family, the day she passed, about three hours after, my sister and I, my twin and I, went to that spot in the house because I said, She's going to meet granddaddy. She's going there to meet granddaddy. So we took a couple of our K2 meters and our REM pod. I have a black K2 meter and a gray K2 meter. We're standing in the house, the electricity had been turned off. And we started asking, you know, Nana, are you here? If you're here, can you go to the gray meter? Gray meter lights up. Granddaddy, if you're here, can you go to the black meter? Black meter lights up. And so we did this back and forth for probably about 15, 20 minutes. And so I was able to, in my mind, Um, connect with both Nana and granddaddy. And I think that they met up together. They told us that they were okay and they moved on from there. And because we went back two weeks later to do a follow-up just to make sure and nothing on our meters indicated at all. There's not a blip on any of our our equipment. And so for me, that was validation that granddaddy was waiting for her. He met up with her. That was his unfinished business and he moved on. So for me, when you ask, you know, why do they stay? That's that's what I can give you, those three concrete examples. Yeah,
0: no, that's very cool. I mean, I'm sitting here going, Are you really a paranormal investigator? Are you just <laughs> doing therapy for ghosts? Like, <laughs> what is this exact? Be honest with yourself here, Christy. I mean, this hey, is I crazy. I will do therapy
1: for ghosts as long as they can pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what Every it seems like you're doing. Paranormal currency. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that would be great. Ghost coin. As someone <laughs> there needs you go. to. That's the new, Greg, that's great. Greg, and
1: I, we're right there. We're this gonna, is we're the, gonna this yeah, happen. let's,
0: let's change the, yes, okay, okay, so this <laughs> is great, this is great. Um, here's what I'm wondering, then, mm-hmm. it, so many questions from this, yeah. do you think, I, I, and I was wondering about your logo, you talk mm-hmm. about the logo for Soul Sisters Paranormal is mm-hmm. awesome, it's, Thank it's you. almost like a, like a, you know, you kind of look like a, uh, let's see, like a, like a, Rippy Tattoo Parlor Dedicated to the Dead. That kind of logo. Like, I was like, okay, yeah. And there's love. There's love. Mm-hmm. One of the things you talk about on your website, the logo encapsulates all the things, spirituality, uh, mm-hmm. and love was a thing. And I'm wondering, love?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is love, what is love in the spirit world? Does that love between the sisters? Or do you, you actually uh, encounter what does that mean to you when you say you, you love is part of the Soul Sisters Paranormal?
1: Well, absolutely. It's love between the sisters and also our friends, and it's, it's really it's love of what we're doing because you know we really for, for two reasons. One, we love the historical aspect of this. You know, we get to go to locations that not a lot of people get to go to and spend the night in those locations. So there's the love of that. There's the love of the investigation itself, getting in there and trying to find the answers. And you know, if if, if we can find something that we can un, that is unexplainable to us, we can build on that knowledge base and, and really build up that portfolio. Not only for us but for the location as well and then it's just absolutely going in with the intention of love you know we don't go in with bravado we don't go in with with chest pumping and saying hey you know if you're here touch us punch us knock us down otherwise i'm not going to believe you're here or you know get right. mad at me that's not what we do um you know there i mean there are times where we'll say you, you need to back off you need to get back into your space and, and 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 I'm not going to hurt you you can't hurt me so we'll do that and set boundaries but we will never go in and provoke we will never go in and 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 go in with that that just mindset of you know I'm going to be a badass because that's not who mm. we are the intentions that we have are legitimately to tell a story and to tell us and if we can get the entities to you know, really help us do that, then that's what we want to do. And that's what we want to put forth in these videos. Yeah. So that is a great question. And I, first of all, I really appreciate you complimenting the logo and, and just really ask, asking about that because nobody has ever done that before. So thank you. Oh,
0: good. Well, no, I, I I'm I mean, I, I'm like, is there romance and, and ghosting? <laughs> uh, that's kind of nice. Uh, well, you know, the other thing I was wondering about is, do you think spirits. I mean, really part of the identity of the Soul Sisters is about being a group of all female investigators. Mm -hmm. I've heard you talk about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, do you think being, and this I, I don't want it to sound controversial because anything about you know, gender and right, is right. these Go days. Ahead. I'm all right But I am curious. No, no, no. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even think it would be controversial to you. I, th- I think I'm wondering. Do you think being a group of women brings out? different energies than if it was a mixed group or a group of all men? What do you think a group of women going in does for the astral plane, I suppose?
1: <laughs> and that's another great question. I appreciate you asking it. I do think that it it, it does change the dynamics. Um, and again, not to disparage any co-ed team or a team that has males on it or whatever. Um, you know, we go in with, I think, a, a better sense of empathy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, we, we do have members of the Team that have children and 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 it it's allows us to communicate, I think, on a different level um, because we don't have that again bravado factor you know we don't go in we 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 sit on the floor for I mean for hours we'll sit on the floor and and try to talk to children and we'll get down on a very if we know there's children in the area or or in the building you know we'll get down on a very playful level I mean there's been times where I'm rolling marbles or juggling balls to try to get a response and you know Mm -hmm. go into what we call baby talk or whatever to say you know it's okay and just really try to get down on that level Um, and I think the fact that we're all females kind of allows us to do that a little bit more because just just by, I feel our makeup, we are a little bit more empathic, if you will, a little bit more um, in tune to um, nurturing, uh, a little bit more in tune to storytelling, um, a little bit more in tune to... You know kind of the entire makeup if you will of of not only the human existence but also the paranormal just kind of like again getting in there and, and really just focusing on telling a story do you um, think
0: you could lead a revolution in the sense that uh i know that's a broad question but would you start <laughs> recommending women's groups get together and do paranormal research like is that something oh, yeah. you see in the future
1: well, and that's actually something that's going on in the community right now. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because obviously the the paranormal community is a subculture, and but mm-hmm. when you get in there, when you really start to, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, move and shake within the community, you do notice these groups, and you start to connect, form a connection with them. Um, so, for example, um, Miranda Young from Ghostbiker Explorations, she's a female investigator. We've collaborated on numerous investigations because I really like her style. I like her her drive to get to the historical story first, and then move on to the paranormal to back up that historical claim. Um, Steel City Paranormal out of uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they're an all-female group, and I really like their style for the same reasons. Um, so we we have had collaborations, we've had, have we do have talks, um, you know, when we go to paranormal conventions, you know, we do meet up and, and talk about different techniques and do that, and it, it, it actually is very refreshing. Um, the the yeah. problem is, you know, because we're not um, going in and, and as I guess the media would want you to go in and scream or you know be all hysterical right, go right. to a quote-unquote haunted location we don't get that recognition I mean I'll be upfront we've had two producers uh, from Hollywood approach us about doing a TV show but they want to change our style and mm. I'm just I'm not willing to do that so we've, we've turned down two of those offers because you know it, it's not it's not true to us and so I think that the, the female investigators are, are very, I mean, we're prolific in the community, but we're very underrated for what we do and what we put out there.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I can just, well, okay. I guess I'm wondering this, like say a group of women wanted to right now, they're like, you know what? I love what the Soul Sisters are doing. I'm going to go out there. I, there's a haunted house in my neighborhood. I'm going to stay there for the night and just hang out. Would you recommend that or is that a dangerous situation?
1: No, I would totally recommend it for with, with the caveat of you're not going to, don't trespass. I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, don't, just don't do right. it. it. It's not, it's not right. It's illegal. Just stay off of the trespassing train. Um, yeah. And then two, go in with the right intentions. If you're going in to be scared or to scream and screech, I, I would really, that's a turnoff for me because mm. I don't think you're going in with the right intentions. You're not, you're not going in to, to actually tell a story or to promote the history of the location. You're just going in to be scared. In that case, you know, wait till Universal opens Halloween Horror Nights and go there. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but it, you know, if you go in with the right intentions and, and you have a couple of voice recorders and you want to go in with a group of friends and and actually try to get to the bottom of something, sure, absolutely. I Do you like haunted houses?
0: Do you like like uh, yeah. <laughs> do you do you like haunted attractions and horror movies uh,
1: yeah i do i do i mean um, we were watching how the halloween series when we were six and seven so you know that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't bother me and you know we go to halloween horror nights i'm down here near orlando and we go to halloween awesome. horror nights every year and, and all of that so yeah haunted houses absolutely um but uh so to back to the question yes I, I would highly recommend that if if you go with those caveats you know going with the right intentions and and really you know you you want to do it in a sense of exploration um, mm. rather than you know just a cheap thrill.
0: Yeah. could it bring couples together? Couple? <laughs> could a failing <laughs> married couple go to a ghost house and come out? With a better understanding of themselves, a better appreciation for each oh, other. I'm,
1: I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm, stranger things have happened. Um, I've never put that <laughs> to the test, but it could be an interesting show.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the ghost coin <laughs> mentality here. Exactly. Okay? You know what?
1: Point. What we can do is we can find a marriage therapist. Say, give me your couple that is on the brink.
0: I think this is really and, great.
1: Yes, and we will put them in, you know, Moundsville Penitentiary or state of <laughs> and let them hash it out
0: oh my gosh you know what i wanted to ask about i wanted to talk about loony bins or mm-hmm. at least because you you uh you how many have you gone to what's considered like a mental hospital how many have you on like we've, a formal investigation
1: we've been to a few of them um trans allegheny lunatic asylum in Weston, west virginia has been our biggest um and uh, and another thing that that tv doesn't really allow you to see is the scope and the grandeur of these locations. Um, So when, when we rolled up onto (laughs) Trans-Allegheny, I mean, we were blown away. This building is massive in scale. It's multiple stories that just go on and on and on. And uh, you know, for us, that was just an amazing experience. Um, So yeah, that, that's our largest, um, but we've been to several. Lunatic wow. Asylums. Yeah,
0: I, I suppose, you know, I think my imagination rightly gets stirred when <laughs> you call it a lunatic asylum, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, and I know that you are using it because that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. Is there, I suppose I wonder when you're looking at the history of these places,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are they, were there just people that were having like, like, is it schizophrenia or, And these common uh more common to mental institutions sort of pathologies or were there straight up lunatics like what is a lunatic in a lunatic (laughs) asylum i'm very (laughs) curious about that word
1: well the the term that was used to the patients that were admitted at, at trans allegheny it was extremely loose um so trans allegheny does have a a very mired history um it was built after uh, the, the it was built in what we call the Kirkbride method, and basically the goal was was very. At first, it was very um, noble. It was to to house these patients that had some type of mental disorder. There was Mm -hmm. only supposed to be, I think, about two or three hundred people in this institution. They were supposed to have their own rooms, um, individual care, um, access to sunlight. You know, a, a a big transformation, if you will, for those people that had either some type of mental disorder or like tuberculosis, somewhere where they can go and recoup. But what happened was the um, ability of mostly husbands to admit their wives for a litany of transgressions, um, w- w- it, was, it was astronomical. So if you were a mm. husband who didn't want his wife anymore, you could just take her to Trans Allegheny and say, oh she's hysterical because she yelled at me. And they would have to, yeah, they would have to admit her. And then the only person who could get her out was the person who admitted her husband
0: oh my gosh so you
1: have these people that are languishing in trans allegheny because nobody will get them out so the the population of trans allegheny ballooned um five or six times its capacity so you've got multiple patients in the bed and or or, or in a room and they were some of them were having children so they actually had a children's ward so um to go back to your question i don't think Most of them had a mental disorder. I do believe that some of them did. You know, kind of what we experience today: schizophrenia, multiple personalities. So there were legitimate cases of that, and they just got, you know, categorized under this umbrella of lunatic. Um, But when they started putting multiple people in rooms and just really overpopulating this this location. I mean, it would, it would drive some people insane. So then then what they started doing is actually trying to do experimental research on them. So you have a section where they were doing lobotomies, you had a section where they're doing shock treatment and, and cold water treatment. So it was just a really horrific things that they were doing in this location. And I think when you, when you have all of that negative energy, when you have all of that, um, just, uh, just really emotionally charged events that are going on in a, in a building, I do believe that permeates the walls. It, it literally just seeps in because that's what the walls are witnessing day in and day out. So when they close and they become abandoned, I think that energy still remains. And I do think that's what we're capturing when we go to some of these locations. Um, you know, when we went to Trans-Allegheny we were capturing um, children's voices, um, and if you watched our top ten, that first scream there, number ten, that scream was in Trans-Allegheny, um, yeah. and and it was it was so loud in the moment, um, all of our audio equipment picked it up, and I, I can verify that everybody on the property was in this circle at the end of the hallway. We were talking about camera placement, and this screech comes down the hallway again. That's something that I can't explain, but it's something that would be germane to the history of the location i'm sure yeah. you had screaming on a daily basis um so for that me makes that makes a lot was, of sense that's something that i would consider residual because I, I mean i'm sure that when you walked into those doors when it was an operation you heard screaming and that's all you heard yeah so, you know for us a uh, lunatic asylum they're they're sad places to investigate but they're mm. very rich in history and rich in in paranormal activity for us anyway
0: yeah, no, no. I, I think that's one of the most interesting places to go to. Just knowing all the interesting characters that were there. I mean, even mm-hmm. have you ever been to Alcatraz? Not as a, a paranormal researcher, but if you go there, they talk about the Birdman and all mm-hmm. the all the different characters in jail. So I imagine mm-hmm. if there's a lunatic asylum, it uh, you know, it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of variety and history there too.
1: Here's yeah, another so one. Alcatraz.
0: Yes, yes. It, would you ever do? Could you? I don't think you could unless you. Were high level, like the yeah, highest level of, because, because it's such it's a tourist by, attraction.
1: Yeah, and it's run by the federal government. So it's, it's very hard to get in there um, unless you've got special permits. But I did take the day tour, which if anybody listening has not taken the Alcatraz day tour, the audio tour, I would highly recommend it because that is totally. the best- audio tour I've ever taken, and I've been around the world, and, and that is just an amazing experience. So yes, Alcatraz is awesome. Wow, and They really do a good job of explaining um, the incarceration, um, the daily incarceration, from a prisoner's perspective.
0: Wow. So, yeah. You know, I, I want to ask you about the a, a common myth of, well, at least something Hollywood has given us, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's about The legacy of, actually, I saw, I mean, someone made a joke about this with why America is where it is right now, because we're on American Indian burial ground, like the entire nation suffering. Um, So I, I guess I'm curious, is that often with a haunted house, being buried is that like totally a hollywood concoction the idea that american indians were buried and it's some sort of revenge or does that ever come up
1: it, it does come up, actually, and that's a great question. Um, you know, Native American uh, tribes were, obviously, they permeated the U.S. before America itself was actually founded, so you do have those instances where um, if, if a known tribe or a, a known occurrence happened in a location uh, or near a location, you do have um, some of that Native American um, spiritual activity that comes through. And I'll go back real quick to, um, to my own property. You know, when we we're talking about the piano and all of that, um, the, the, the piece of, the piece of land that we bought, um, it has a a little pond on it. it and, and, you know, there was evidence um, from arrowheads and all of that, that, that we found that there was some, some Native American movement in there um, or Native American activity, if you will. Yeah. And so we were actually having a party and uh, this was I think 1998. About 1998, we were having a party there, and uh, this woman comes up to my mom and says, uh, "You know, the the people here are really appreciative of what you've done with the land and how you've really kind of kept it um, and and, and you you beautified it. You planted trees and all of that. They're very happy with what you've done here." And mom's like, "Yeah, everybody's having a great time." And she's like, "No, no, no. I'm talking about the spirits that are here." She said, "I have a, a Native American chief that is here." And he's very much appreciative that you are so one with the land and mm. that you're, you're really trying to maintain that. Um, and so for us, that was just validation that, yeah, there are Native American, that, that it, there were Native Americans here and that they are appreciative of, of what we're doing because we really tr- do try to maintain it um, in a Native state as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, So to to your question, yes, there are instances and and we'll use that as quote unquote trigger items. When we went to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, we were in the auditorium and we actually played Native American chants. And because Native Americans were known to have been in that area through the mountains. And, uh, you know, there's been several instances where we'll play Native American chants or, um, you know, just drums or something like that to see if we can get some type of reaction. Um, The answer is that Brushy, we absolutely did. We caught some amazing things at Brushy after we played those chants.
0: Wow. Do you think, I mean, you've done a lot of American, uh, US locations. Mm -hmm. Is there, would you ever go national, international?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, and I would love to. Um, one of my one of the locations on my bucket list is Leap Castle in Ireland.
0: Um, oh, wow!
1: I, I would love to get over there, and and just yeah. just to be immersed in that history alone. You know, I've I've been to London several times, and in England several times. And you know, you're you're when you walk into Westminster Abbey, or you know, you go to Stratford on Avon, and you see where Shakespeare lived, and all of that, and just just being immersed in that, and knowing that this is where they stood, and where they worked, and you know, where they they died, and where they're buried. You know, that to me is, is a is an amazing feeling. But to go into some of those castles and actually sit and do an investigation, uh, to me, would just, yeah, that would just be on, on my bucket list for sure. Yeah. So um, there, um, I've had the opportunity to go to Australia, not as a paranormal investigator, but there are several places in, in Australia that I would love to get over to. Um, so yeah, we, we would definitely love to go international and that is something that we're working towards hopefully in the next year or so.
0: What do you think is the most haunted location in the world? um or is that even a question you can ask about know, things
1: I, yeah i mean there, there are there are locations that are obviously permeated with paranormal myths with paranormal um you know legends um but for for us to experience it i guess what we've done so far i'd say for us personally um, I would have to say Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary has been great. Mm. Lisco has been great. So those have really what I would say, quote unquote, lived up to their expectations for us that it is a haunted location. You know, we we came away with saying there's compelling things that we cannot explain in these locations. Um, I would say, I would probably say the most haunted would would have to be somewhere like England that has a larger history base than we do, um, but uh, from the from ones that we've gone through and the ones that we've experienced, um, you know, I, I, I think we've, we've, hit, we've had the opportunity to investigate a majority of those, and they have lived up to their quote-unquote haunted reputations.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about paranormal researchers for a second, and, and I, I'm curious, why are the websites so bad? For the most part. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you guys have a nice website. But well, do you thank think you. it uh, I, I was gonna say I wonder in general about the community and and I will say that paranormal often uh, can bleed into conspiracy, can go into new age, spirituality, psychic. And I've noticed in general people that have these web I mean, for instance, I'll give you a great example of some of the people that I look up to, Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm-hmm. um, their website at least was terrible for years. But of course, their <laughs> reputation speaks for themselves. It does. Um, the question, I guess, is, do you think there is a conscious... I guess, how do I put this? The website, if your presence as a paranormal investigator looked too polished,
1: mm-hmm. do you
0: think that would lead to a noting the authenticity of their operation? Do you think there's something to be said about someone that's just like, I investigate goats and they take their GeoCity site from 1990 and they keep it up there? Like, what is going on with that, Christy? Never... Uh, well, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's so funny. You know, and I, I think that goes with any business. Um, you know, if you have that polished look, if you have that polished presence, uh, I think you are going to get a little bit um, higher reputation. Um, and, and I do thank you for noticing that because that that is something that we really strive to do. You know, we, we came at this with it we wanted a professional presence um and that's just to add to our validity in not only in the paranormal community but also in what we would call normal culture um and so like when we go or go to our day tours we're wearing polo shirts we're you know we're, we're dressed professionally uh you know we we have a very standard look um you know we, we've we trademarked our website we've trademarked our logos we've trademarked our, yeah. our theme music and because we really did want that polished look um you know there, there i guess it there's a generational thing i guess some of the paranormal investigators may be older and they don't really uh have that technological savvy if you will yeah. to maintain a website some might not even have the interest to do that um So that could be one of those factors, Uh, you know, and it's really is just kind of keeping up. I mean, technology is moving at such a fast speed, you know, keeping up with the newest technology. It's kind of hard for some people, Um, you know, most of the parent, most of the paranormal groups, um, like mine, they're self funded, Um, you know, we don't get any money from this. in fact, we make donations to locations uh, to some extent to be able to investigate there. Um, so this, so that, that could be a factor, you know, financial constraints. Um, so th- there could be a litany of reasons. Um, but for us, you know, that was one of the things that we really wanted to do right off the bat was really establish ourselves as more of a professional look. And that is just to build that credibility. Because, you know, I feel like if you go into a location to do a day tour and you've got Uh, you know your your pants hanging down or you got a hoodie on or you you look disheveled you know and and that's with any business if if you have that disheveled look or that laissez-faire attitude it's hard to be taken seriously Um, but for us because we're already fighting um, the normal culture if you will um, I feel like we have to go in with that that higher that higher look that more professional look
0: Wow. Yeah, you know, you never really think about it. I mean, I definitely do think about it, but people don't really discuss the branding mm-hmm. of the paranormal that much. I it, it's an interesting topic to me just because I personally do believe. I mean, if you are a YouTube influencer mm-hmm. that says you're going into haunted houses and, and like you mentioned, you know, deliberately going for scares or trying to run out of the house. I do think there is a question of, I think, I mean, look at the Paranormal Activity horror movies, the idea of found footage being a more legitimate scare than a polished digital camera horror film even speaks to the desire for people to really, the authenticity. Do you you consciously think about authenticity in the way that you're conveying Everything you guys do.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean that that's forced first and foremost on our minds because you know, you do you don't want to face those critics or those skeptics that say, Oh, you know, you've you've manipulated your your data. You're you've got a hidden microphone or something. So that's mm-hmm. why uh, at least on my videos. Uh, that's why you, when you see it, we put cameras here. We did this here. There were three investigators on this night. We investigated for this long because I'm, I'm trying to build essentially my case of of what we did that night. Um, and so, yeah, authenticity for us is huge. And, and, and to that point, You know, when we go through our audio and and video footage that we capture during an investigation, as I said before, we sit and listen to everything and we sit and watch everything. Um, And so what we do is, so say I'm listening to um, an audio recorder and Mm. I'm just sitting there listening and I hear something. I will clip that and I will label it like, you know, ballroom EVP number one, and I send it to the group. And I say, first, do y'all hear anything? And then two, what are you hearing? and they they each individually answer me, not as a group thing, they each individually answer me, and it, and then we try to come up with a, a consensus, and if we can't get that, if everybody can't hear it, um, and if I can't, you know, if we can't really come up with a consensus, then I don't put that out on the video. Um, wow. There have been numerous cases where I will hear things, and they're like, I just don't hear it. Okay, fine, then we're not putting that in, um, because I, I do want to, as much as I can, show our audience that this is truly who we are. This is truly what we're capturing. We are not manipulating this in any way. Um, you know, there'll be sometimes we'll amplify the audio, um, but that's 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 the extent of any manipulation of our audio. Wow. Um, so you know, it, it, that's that's the biggest thing because you know it can take years to build up a reputation in any business, but in the paranormal community, especially, it can take years to build up some credibility, but you put in one false EVP or you put in one, you know, staged mirror picture or something and you're toast. Uh, So for me, it it is, it is building that reputation, building that legitimacy and being as honest as you can with, with the viewing audience.
0: Are you there yet? Do you think, do you guys have that do you believe you've built enough credibility? Like, is that the feedback you're getting or is there still more to go?
1: Um, we're trying to. I think that the you know the people that we've spoken to that have watched our videos, the feedback that we get is always very positive. You know, love what you're doing. The yeah. historical aspect, you know, people love that. Um, and really putting forth some of the evidence. And, and people will say, I can't hear what you're putting out there um, and I say you know I, that's why I say listen with headphones and you know if you can't hear it I, I, I'm, I'm sorry um, but you know that's the, that's what my team has come up with that that we think we hear um, and and there's some EVPs that you can hear some you won't um, but and, and again I think that's fine um, for us I do think that we built that professional credibility level um, the problem is because we aren't for lack of a better term Stupid about it, uh, right? Crazy right. about it, and, right? And, and, and I don't want to disparage anybody who who's that. No, their please style. do, please do. You <laughs> can disparage, <on laughs> but the show. you know, you, you <laughs> you've got these YouTubers that are going in and are just screaming and yelling and throwing things and and being right ridiculous in my mind ridiculous with their investigation and they have three four five hundred thousand subscribers on youtube and 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 that really kind of it's, it's a disheartening feeling for some of us who are really trying to push something that's professional and hopefully profound in some extent and it's just not getting there so that's Um, why you know i'm trying to do podcasts such as yours or radio shows or something that is outside the paranormal community to say this is who we are this is what we do we're not we're not crazy um you know we're, we're highly intelligent women who are are putting some some really cool things out there, and even if you don't like the paranormal, I feel that we give you a historical story that can stand on its own. Um, and yeah. and if, you, if you you know you can stop when I say investigation, if you just want to watch the historical aspect, if you can get something from one of these locations like you know Fort Mifflin or Velisca or Lizzie Borden House, something that you may not have known, and just have a really cool historical story, that's what I want to carry the episode as well. So, um, so so kind of to back to your point. We have tried, and I think we've succeeded in our branding and and, and, uh, conveying our story and our professionalism. It's just, it's finding that avenue to get it out there without sacrificing our style and who we are.
0: That's amazing. Well, look, I I, I don't want to keep you uh, going any longer. I mean, this has been an amazing interview. Uh, My one final question for you for now, and believe me, I could go another. Everybody says that, but I really, I'm surprised because I was like, I'm going to get every question out and I'm going to be, I'm worried I can feel this hour. And now I'm like, well, you made a huge mistake, right? Uh, Where, so uh, final question, where do you want to see the paranormal sister or the soul sisters paranormal? Uh, which, by the way, www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Look them up on Facebook, Soul Sisters Paranormal, YouTube channel, Soul Sisters Paranormal. Check them out. The videos are great, historical. You'll learn something. Where do you want, uh, where from where you are now, you're doing all these podcasts, you're doing interviews, you're going on the radio, uh, different interviews on YouTube and whatnot. Where do you want to go? What is the big picture? Do you have that in mind or do you just go one place at a time? What, what is the future Soul Sisters well. Paranormal?
1: And how can we help you get there? Oh, well, thank you, Greg. And I do appreciate your, all your support on this. Um, so first and foremost, what, we, what we've tried to do, and, and I think I've conveyed this, is to really put forth that historical story. Um, because these locations that we go to have a very prominent place in American history. And for us, they need to be preserved. Um, so if we can give you some tidbit of knowledge that you didn't know or st- compel you to maybe take a day tour to support some of these locations, that is what I feel is our main goal and I will have succeeded if if people do that and respond to what we do. And then secondly, that, that paranormal aspect comes secondly. So maybe you can get a little thrill when you go. Um, you know, if, if for us a TV show comes or, or something like that comes, that's great and we'll absolutely we- welcome that um, to get that story across. But again, we're not going to sacrifice who we are in our style and our belief style in this. Um, so we are absolutely happy with kind of where we're at right now, as far as branding and, and um, our, our video releases and stuff, we would just like to build that audience, not just to build recognition for us, but also to build recognition for the historical places that we go, as well as the paranormal community, because there are a lot of great groups out here that are doing similar things that just people don't know about it. Um, so to get this word out and to really you know kind of help drive um, both that historical preservation as well as kind of opening up people's minds maybe a little bit to what we're doing, um, I think that's that's our main goal. Honestly. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Well, look, uh, any producers out there listening uh, mm-hmm. or uh, the spirits, I'll, I'll talk to the spirits, too, if you can you influence <laughs> the producers. Uh, <laughs> give these ladies a show. Give them the platform. Let them do it their way. I'm telling you, it's, it sounds, it's very compelling. I love that you you come in with such a uh, highly scientific approach to it. That's very different. And, I mean, you're also, you're, you you believe in democracy. You clip it. You send it to the ladies. They examine it. They decide it's paranormal. <laughs> I mean, where's democracy in this country right now? It's with the paranormal community. Absolutely, and it's saving marriages, it, and uh, we covered it, it all, Greg. Boo coin. <laughs> It's got to be called Boo Coin. I realize.
1: Love it. Um, Love
0: it. <laughs> let's do like, it. We're,
1: we're, we're putting the copyright on it right now. Anybody listening, <laughs> this is now a copyrighted uh, a Boo situation. Coin. Greg and I are on it. So sit back yes, and watch us go. It's
0: amazing. Well, look, this has been Christy Sumner of Soul Sisters Paranormal, www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Check them out. Like and subscribe to them on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you're doing amazing things. I, I can't wait to see more of what you're doing. And Christy, I would definitely love to have you back on Oak and Loops. really. Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I want to know more about what, you, what you've uncovered. Thank you so much for your time today. Just of block out there, and I look forward to bringing Unhappy couples together with you. <laughs> absolutely, Greg, and, and thank Point. you again.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me and and for really supporting us. I really do appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Take care. You as well. Thank you so much, Christy, for doing this interview. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I promise next time I will sound much better. Christy is doing some amazing work. I mentioned the website, www.soulsistersparanormal.com. And if you enjoyed listening to Open Loops, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and like and leave a review. It always helps. Thanks so much, everyone. Enjoy.